This is David back again with another episode of Blood and Fire Radio Podcast. This is episode number 64. All right. Welcome back. I am on time. I'm kind of on a roll when it comes to that. I don't want to jinx it. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, we're going to kick things off pretty uh, fast and furious here. I haven't exactly been shy about the fact that I'm a big fan of uh, Vader, and I really think that Vader can do no wrong. They're kind of an ACDC of death metal, of Polish death metal, and uh, they don't really deviate from their recipe much, and they don't need to. Um, They've been working on a new full length for a while now, and they've done a couple of little EPs to kind of satisfy the, uh, the masses in the meantime. They may have even done all of the recording kind of in the same sessions, and then just kind of uh, divvied them up as far as how they wanted to release them. But, uh, so yeah, they've done a couple of little EPs and singles and things. I played uh, the song Shock and Awe that they had released uh, a couple months back. Great song, and uh, now they've released the first single from the full length that they've been working on. So, finally, the full length is going to be coming out on May 1st. It's called Solitude in Madness. It's their 13th uh, album overall as far as like original material goes. I don't really count some of the compilations and re-recorded uh, stuff that they've done so as far as like fresh original albums this is their 13th so again it's coming out on may 1st through nuclear blast and uh, they released uh, this single and music video for it and uh, it's damn good it, it just fits right in with their usual recipe but uh, the drumming i mean james stewart just proves again and again that he's uh, such a, a worthy drummer for that band i was such a big fan of doc uh, their original drummer that uh, any drummer they've had after that, I kind of scrutinize their performances and such, but, I mean, James Stewart is just, uh, he's a beast. He's a beast. A skinny little beast. But, yeah, he's on full display in this song. So, here we go. Let's kick things off. From Poland, this is Vader with Into Oblivion. Yes. 
That was Vader with Into Oblivion. Uh, Fast and Furious, short and sweet. And it's got that uh, typical Peter guitar solo. Their lead guitarist is actually fantastic and writes some really good melodic solos, but Peter's solos are always kind of more of the Carrie King style where he just kind of does some crazy just nonsense and then usually finishes it with a big whammy bar, <laughs> you know, a big whammy bar at the end of it, but, you know, it works for their sound. All right, we're going to go to Norway here out of Trondheim, and uh, this band is kind of an up-and-comer of sorts. That was uh, first recommended to me by my friend Dave, and he was right. They're very good, and now I'm starting to see more and more people uh, talking about them, so deservedly so. The band is called Hordum Rife, and um, they've released two full lengths and two EPs prior to this, but uh, very recently this year, on March 20th, they released a split with Taka, which is great because, you know, Taka being a more uh, well-known black metal band, I think this will get a lot more uh, more people listening to Hordum Rife, the fact that they participated in this split, which is great. Uh, so they released the split called Pact, and uh, that's P-A-K-T. That was released on Territor Possessions, and um, it's great. I have listened to it um, on more than a few occasions. Sorry, I thought I heard my son wake up, but I think it was just the neighbors. Um... But yeah, great material here, and another strong showing from Hordum Rife, and uh, yeah, hopefully this will get some more people listening to them and talking about them. So, great split. If you haven't checked it out yet, I suggest you do so. This is my favorite one uh, off of the entire thing from either band. So, here we go from Norway. This is Hordum Rife with From Nameless Pagan Graves.
that was Hordum Rife with from Nameland Pagus, Nameless Pagan Grave, excuse me. Uh, I love the guitar break in the middle of that song and then the part that immediately follows it. I love just the mood of that whole section. Uh, okay, we're going to go to Uppsala, Sweden, and this band is one that I saw in Oklahoma City for the first time. Um, me and some friends drove up there because uh, it was kind of a, a combining of two tours. It was, uh, let's see, um, Cannibal Corpse, Exhumed, Abysmal Dawn, and I want to say there was one more on one tour, and then the other tour was uh, Behemoth, Watain, Devil's Blood, and um, In Solitude. And uh, so they combined, because they were both going to be in the same city on the same night, so they said, hey, let's just move this to a bigger venue and combine it. So it was a pretty stacked lineup there, so we drove up to this random big ballroom in Oklahoma City, and uh, it was a great show. It was a long show, but uh, it was it was great. And this was my first, um, my first real taste of uh, In Solitude, and I thought they were good. I still wasn't completely won over. It took some time, uh, it took some years before I kind of got into that whole kind of retro 70s metal, 70s rock stuff that uh, that people were doing. I wasn't really into it at first, but uh, over time I've grown to really enjoy this band. So, uh, But yeah, that show was my first taste of In Solitude. And uh, yeah, I remember it being pretty good. And since then, checking out all their material, it's very good. So um, each album is, is a little bit different than the one before it. Uh, but the second album, I, I think the debut is one that I go back to the most, but the second album has some really good uh, gems on there. I don't think it's as good start to finish as the debut, but it has some really good uh, some tunes, good tunes on there. So this one being my favorite of the second album. The second album was called The World, The Flesh, The Devil, and that came out in May of 2011 on Metal Blade. And um, yeah, they only have three, I believe, up to this point. I don't know if they're on a hiatus or what, but uh, they're definitely taking their sweet time with any sort of new material, but... Uh, but yeah, this is uh, this is one of my favorite cuts off of the second one. Again, I still like the debut a little better overall, but uh, there's some, some damn fine tunes on this album. So, Off of The World, The Flesh, The Devil, this is In Solitude with Poisoned, Blessed, and Burned. <laughs>
right, that was In Solitude from Sweden with Poisoned, Blessed, and Burned. Yeah, I thought it would be a good time to kind of break up the uh, episode a little bit with something a little more rock-based. I'm going to be doing that again in a, in a few songs uh, as well. There's a couple of tunes on this episode that are kind of in that vein. So, But for now, we're going to dive back into black metal from Trondheim, Norway. This band uh, is very short-lived. Um, well, I shouldn't say that because they, they, I think they started in like 2011, but then... Um, didn't release a debut until 2018 and now I think that they're split up <laughs> so took them a while to actually get rolling with a full length and then now that they finally released it they split up so the band is called One Tail One Head and it's a band that I had heard about for a long time but there just wasn't much of anything there to check out they had only done they had done a couple of demos and two EPs, and I had heard good things about the EPs, but never really bothered checking them out. It wasn't until the full length came out that I finally checked it out, and it's good. It's not uh, reinventing the wheel, but you're hard-pressed to find uh, too many black metal bands that are reinventing the wheel. But um, but yeah, it's solid, and it's very well done, and uh, it's a pretty solid uh, record overall. The album's called Worlds Open, Worlds Collide, and that came out on Territor Possessions in October of 2018. And uh, it's kind of hard to find their stuff out there, really. Um, even on YouTube, you can find the whole album like just as a single video that's like 40-something minutes long. But if you're looking for individual tunes and stuff, there's not a whole lot uh, out there to, to find. But um, if you can find it, it is good, so look into it. But um, yeah, anyways, here we go. Off of Worlds Open, Worlds Collide, this is One Tail, One Head with Rise in Red. Come on. 
right, that was One Tail, One Head with Rise in Red. Pretty solid stuff. Um, we're going to go to the USA now out of Fort Wayne, Indiana. This is a band that I had never really heard of um, prior to playing shows with them. And uh, one of the old bands that I played in, Ophian, actually played two shows with these guys. I think it was back-to-back -back nights as well. We played, um, I could be wrong about that, but I feel like it was back-to-back -back nights. We played down in San Antonio, because they were doing a tour, I forget who with, but um, played at this place called Bonds 007 Rock Bar down there, which was a pretty interesting place. And uh, they were just nice dudes, and the drummer, I remember, was also a member of Typhus, and Typhus uh, I know about only because of their absolutely laughably ridiculous, like, just so over-the-top blasphemous song titles. <laughs> But it was one of those things where you could tell that they took it very seriously, and um, I thought they were the most juvenile, like, just dumb, dumb song titles and lyrics. But that's neither here nor there. But, um, but the, yeah, the guy, the drummer, was a nice guy, as was the singer-slash-guitar player. I think they were a three-piece at the time. But it's kind of thrashy black metal, and uh, they don't do corpse paint or anything like that. They just look like normal dudes in band t-shirts and jeans up there, just, you know, doing this kind of uh, black and thrashy stuff. And it was good, but we played with them in San Antonio, and then we played with them the following night in Arlington at this absolute dump of a place called The Ranch. It used to be a strip club, and then they turned it into a music venue, and it was just bad. It looked bad, it smelled bad, the sound was bad, but uh, it doesn't exist anymore, thankfully, but... Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was nice chatting with those dudes, and then in fact, uh, this last Giant of the Mountain tour that uh, that we did, we were kind of going up through the Midwest, and I was contacting them to see if they were available for us to do another show together, uh, even though it's been years and years, and uh, they were, I forget what the deal was, they they don't play local shows or like they have a, their own kind of personal policy against they don't want to play locally they only want to play abroad you know in other towns and other states and things like that which is fine so yeah we didn't get to play a show with them but they're still going they've done four albums but i'm going to play something off of the debut because that's the only album that they had out at the time whenever um i had opened for them or whatever with uh, ophian so yeah this is the record that i'm most familiar with it's called for his satanic majesty's glory and that came out in november of 2011 on wraith productions and uh this was their debut and it's pretty solid there's not a ton of necessarily like standout tracks but um it's a, it's just one of those records that when you're when you're in the mood for it it's pretty good stuff so um but yeah this kind of takes me back to uh playing those shows it's pretty cool but Anyways, uh, I think the P is silent at the beginning of this band name. It's P-T-A-H-I-L, and I'm pretty sure they pronounced it Tahil. So that's how I'm going to pronounce it. <laughs> so from Fort Wayne, Indiana, off of For His Satanic Majesty's Glory, this is Tahil with World Ablaze. <laughs>
Alright, pretty cool stuff out of Indiana. That was Tahil with World Ablaze. We're going to go back to Sweden here. I played In Solitude earlier, and now I'm going to go uh, back to Sweden to play another kind of retro rock uh, song here. The band is Lucifer. I was uh, actually fortunate enough to see Lucifer back in... Ooh, I want to say it was January. It was before all the... Uh, all the COVID-19 stuff kind of took over and, and stopped all the shows. But um, but yeah, I was excited to see Lucifer, not only because I'm a fan of the music, but just because uh, getting a chance to see Nika Anderson um, drumming kind of felt like a, you know an opportunity that I won't often get because he's somebody that uh, I hold in high regard, not only for his drumming, uh, with when he was back in uh, Entombed, but the fact that he was a songwriter and he was even brave enough to do vocals on their second album, and and uh, he's never been shy about playing multiple instruments and writing songs and not just uh, you know sitting back and just being a drummer. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but um, his ambition um, inspired me. So uh, it was cool to be able to see him perform live, and uh, Lucifer sounded great. Um, they. <laughs> They've improved with each record, and they just released their second album last year, I want to say. Like, early last year. And uh, so it's only been like a year since uh, their second album came out, and they just released their third album, which they just called them Lucifer, Lucifer 2, and then now this one is Lucifer 3. Came out on March 20th on Century Media, and uh, they were kind of slowly feeding some some singles out here and there, letting them leak one by one, three or four songs, and then they released the whole album. So I think this was the last single they released before the, f the full album came out. Um, great song. It's my favorite of the singles, and uh, remains my favorite off the album so far. Uh, they did play a couple of new ones when I saw them live, but this was not one of them. But uh, I kind of wish I could have heard that one live. But, but uh, yeah, great album. They get better and better with each um, album. They seem more confident. Uh, it, to me, that shines through in their music from album to album. So, yeah, they've really hit their stride here. So here we go from Sweden. This is Lucifer with Coffin Fever.
great stuff. That was Lucifer with Cough and Fever. Okay, we're going to go to a, a fairly new band from Germany. They've been around since 2014 called Halfas, and that's H-A-L-P-H-A-S. Um, been around since 2014. They've already released two albums. Um, they just released their second album in December of 2019 called The Infernal Path Into Oblivion on Falter Records. And I remember seeing the cover to this album. I don't know where, probably just something on Spotify uh, as like a, you know, if you liked this, then you'll love this, you know. And uh, never checked it out until probably beginning of March, I think, is when I first uh, actually decided to give a listen. And it's pretty good. Um, it's it's one of those things where it's good, but it's probably not good enough to where I would seek it out and purchase it. But um, it's one of those things where if it comes across uh, a playlist on Spotify, I'm not going to skip it, so... Pretty good stuff. Um, yeah, I, I really don't have much else to say because I don't know much about this band other than uh, those few things I've said as far as how long they've been around. And they've only got these couple of albums. The members of the band aren't in any other like really notable uh, bands. So there's just uh, not a lot known about them for me at least. So, uh, But the material is solid. And I have not checked out the debut album, but I have checked out this second album in its entirety on Spotify. So it's out there if you want to check it out. But... Here we go from Germany off of the Infernal Path into Oblivion. This is Halfas with Temple of Oak.
Okay, there we go. That was Halfas with Temple of Oak. You see what I mean? Like it's solid and it's good stuff. It's not mind blowing or whatever, but it's uh, I enjoyed that. Um, speaking of that kind of um, feeling, let's go to Colorado out of the USA here. The band is Velnius, and I played one of uh, the newer Velnius tunes just a couple episodes ago. Uh, their album had not come out yet at the time, uh, but it's out now. The album's called Scion of Ether, and that came out on March 27th of this year. It's their third album, but it's their first one since 2012. And, um, yeah, they took their sweet time, and I, I saw them live at the Stella Natura Festival out in California, but I can't remember what year that was. Um, I, it's, it's all just running together these days, but... Um, but yeah, it's been some time, and um, oh, and I think I, I saw them at the Shadow Woods Fest as well, the very first Shadow Woods. Um, I forgot about that, but yeah, I, they were super nice dudes, and I bought a shirt from them at that festival, so I don't know why I didn't remember that right off the bat. But anyways, they uh, have not released an album in eight years, so this was kind of a big deal, and they've been really promoting it heavily, and they have some really, really good looking merch and I you know it sounds like such a you know unimportant thing to even bring up like what does it have to do with this album but like you know as part of the promotion and everything for this album it's important to have some really uh, eye-catching you know t-shirts and things like that and they have some great artwork for their shirts that they've been uh, been releasing you know in, in um, conjunction with this new album I don't know why I can't talk all of a sudden but um but yeah, anyways, the album came out, and I was very excited to check it out, and I listened to it, and I thought it was okay, and then a couple days later, I listened to it again, and I still thought it was, it was alright, it's okay, but um, I've listened to it three times now, all the way through, and I can definitively say that it's not bad, but it's definitely not uh, anywhere near as good as the last album, Rune Eater. Rune Eater is a fantastic record. And uh, so it would be hard to follow it up anyways, but whenever you wait eight years, I guess expectations are kind of uh, a little too high. And um, yeah, so they, they they gave a good effort here, but it doesn't quite stand up to the last album in my opinion. But there are some shining moments for sure. Um, this tune is great. It's lengthy, but it's a, it's a good one. Um, I can't even remember the name of the tune that I played the other tune off of this one that I played a couple episodes ago, it's escaping me at the moment, but uh, I think I like this one a little bit better. Uh, but yeah, so it's out there, it's on Spotify, it's on their Bandcamp. I suggest you, uh, if you like it, check out their Bandcamp and buy the record, buy the shirts, and support the band. But, uh, but yeah, you can decide for yourself. I was a little underwhelmed, but here we go. Off of Scion of Ether, this is Velnius with Supernal Emergent. <laughs>
All right, that was Velnius with Supernal Emergent. While I don't think the new record uh, is is at the same level as Rune Eater, um, I do think that that's a fantastic song, and I really love the uh, bass guitar work through the whole album, really, but uh, on that song in particular, there's some really interesting things that he does. Uh, okay, we're going to go back to Sweden here, but this is definitely not 70s rock. Um, this is Marduk, and Marduk is... Uh, a really, really solid black metal band and one of my favorites, and uh, especially since uh, getting more Mortus on vocals back in 04, everything since then has been pretty much awesome. Uh, I was never a big fan of Legion, but of course there were some great uh, songs from that era, and I'm going to play something off of the uh, first album on which he was uh, the singer, Heaven Shall Burn When We Are Gathered. That came out in June of 96. It was their fourth album, and again, it was the first with Legion on vocals, and that came out on Osmos Productions. And um, the thing that always struck me about this album in high school was the cover, because it kind of had like a purple cover, purple and black, uh, just not colors that you usually see uh, in black metal and stuff. Although I guess like De Mysteries, Dom Satanis kind of has that color scheme as well. But... Um, but yeah, this was kind of Legion at his best, and um, this song kept popping up on uh, the, the old Spotify like mix playlist that they kind of make for you based on your tastes and preferences and whatever. So yeah, it seemed like every day I'd be listening to like a mixed playlist when I'm at work, and this song would always be on there. And even though I've heard it plenty of times before, it's just one of those things where uh, since it's been kind of thrust in my face uh, with these playlists uh, recently it's been kind of uh, sticking in my brain so I decided I would share this uh, this earworm with the rest of you so um, great record of course the uh, drumming of Frederick Anderson uh, was really good he was a really hard hitter and uh, while his style isn't as fast as some drummers that they've had uh, since he left the band uh, I always appreciated how solid of a drummer he was, and it's uh, it's on full display in this song. So, as well as the bass playing of B War, he was a really interesting bass player. A lot of people were hoping they would get him back, uh, since they have a vacancy to fill on bass guitar. But uh, they did fill it, and it's not with him. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say, because I don't think they've made a big announcement about who the replacement is yet. So you'll have to do some digging and figure it out for yourself. But anyways, off of 1996's Heaven Shall Burn When We Are Gathered, this is Marduk with Infernal Eternal.
Alright, that was Marduk with Infernal Eternal. Yeah, it's a song I've heard plenty of times, and uh, for whatever reason, it's just hearing it again more recently, it's really stuck in my head. <laughs> so I I just jotted it down and said I might as well play it on the next episode. So, uh, Okay, we're going to go back to Germany here. This is a classic thrash band from the old German Big Four over there. And um, it's hard to pick a favorite. I've played Sodom so many times. Uh, on the podcast, you know, uh, probably five or six times. And I've played this band as well, Creator, on more than a few occasions. I'm not a big Tankard fan, but uh, I do love Destruction as well, although um, Destruction left a bad taste in my mouth whenever they took like two hours to sound check uh, at a local show once that I was supposed to be, uh, the band I was playing in was supposed to be opening for it, and their road manager was a real dick, and uh, yeah, the whole thing kind of rubbed me the wrong way, but that's not, you know doesn't really have anything to do with the band's musical output or anything like that because Destruction is still pretty damn good. Uh, but yeah, if I had to pick a favorite, uh, the one that I go back to the most is probably Sodom, but it's a very close second with Creator here. Uh, and they Creator is so tight live. Um, I saw them at Trees in Dallas um, a few years back and they were excellent. It was a really, really good show. In fact, that might be the last time I was in a mosh pit of any kind was at the Creator Show, because I do not mosh, for those who know me. It's very rare. But, um, anywho, Creator's got a new album coming out. Their last album came out in 2017, and um, this is their 14th album overall. This new one um, is coming out... Well, when the hell is this thing coming out? The single came out on March 27th. I don't think they even have a release date yet for this new one because it might be getting pushed back because of all the virus stuff um, but they haven't released the uh, the title of the album yet or the full track listing or any of that stuff so this is just kind of a one-off single that we know is going to be on the next album but that's kind of as much info as we have at the moment but um, yeah they've always been one of those bands that uh, while they've sung about a variety of different topics and uh, political topics and just uh, topics about how we're destroying the planets and things like that. Um, they've never shied away from kind of anti-Christian um, subject matter, and, and Destruction's kind of the same way. They've always kind of done that as well. Um, so yeah, this song kind of fits into that uh, theme. I think the single from the last album was called Satan is Real, and uh, this one is kind of in the same same boat, uh, lyrically, you know, so, um, but yeah, it's a good tune, and, uh, it's right on par with a stellar crystal clear production, uh, that they've had for the last handful of albums, and great lead guitar work, and the vocals sound the same as ever, his voice never seems to age, so, definitely looking forward to the new album, because they're just a really solid band that never seems to do any wrong, as far as I'm concerned, so, off of their as-yet-untitled new album, this is Creator with 666 World Divided. <laughs>
That was Creator with 666 World Divided. Really solid tune. Doesn't deviate much from their recipe, but uh, doesn't really need to. They've gotten more melodic uh, here and there on on different records. Actually, I think their last record was kind of a a more melodic effort, if you ask me. But um, like the album's uh, Phantom Antichrist, to me, was a perfect balance of uh, of being an aggressive thrash album, but still having more melodic uh, choruses and things that made it super catchy. Um, okay, we're going to jump to Brazil here. This is a band that's been around since 89, and while their counterparts of like Sepultura and uh, Sarcophago had a more chaotic, frenzied uh, style, especially those those first couple of uh, Sepultura records, uh, this band went for a different vibe. They were a black metal band, which that scene was kind of uh, doing its own thing down there in Brazil at the time. And uh, it was inspiring a lot of European bands and, and vice versa. They were kind of being inspired off of each other. Um, but this band, Mystifier, they kind of went for a slower, kind of gloomier, just uh, darker vibe to, to their stuff. And, and it's not really as good um, as like Sarcophago to me, but uh, it definitely has its place, you know, in, in that scene and the development of that scene that they kind of uh, decided to pivot in a different direction. And, and it's re- very respectable that they decided to not just follow suit with their uh, their contemporaries down there and they did something a little different. 
As far as I know, they are still around. I think they had a pretty significant gap there uh, where they weren't releasing anything. I don't know if they were officially disbanded at that time or uh, I'm not really super familiar with their story. You know, once you get beyond like the mid 90s, I don't really know what the current band uh, is like, but um, it could be totally different members. I have no clue, but uh, when you talk to most people who are fans of this band, it's all about the first two albums. Um, they have five total up, up to this point. But uh, I'm going to play something off of the second album, which to me is their most uh, palatable. That's called Geisha. came out in November of 93 on Osmos Productions. And um, yeah, this one has a real gloomy vibe, and uh, it kind of reminds me of like uh, Bethlehem, only with less <laughs> shrieky vocals. Um, but it's interesting. It's not something that I'm in the mood for all the time, but, uh, just a couple weeks ago I was listening to, uh, to them and listening to this album and it just kind of, uh, fit my mood for the day. So I was enjoying it. So I decided I would play it. So, uh, but yeah, anyways, off of the second album, Geisha, this is Mystifier with an Elizabethan devil worshippers prayer book.
Alright, that was Mystifier with an Elizabethan Devil Worshippers prayer book. Um, kind of reminds me of kind of the slower moments of like Moonspell on their like demo days, their really early days. Um, and their like debut album, some of the stuff off of that. It kind of has that vibe in, in certain spots. But my one beef with this song is that it's like they wrote the lyrics first and then had this music and said we have to jam all of these lyrics into this song no matter what. And some of those verses, it's like he might as well be rapping. He's just like, he's forcing so many words into those those spots that it just kind of comes off a little clumsy to me. But um, but nonetheless, it's a, it's a really interesting sound that they had and a, and a pretty interesting tune. But uh, we're going to jump to Iceland here. This band's debut album just came out. Uh, actually, it's not even out yet. It's coming out on April 24th. They released a demo in 2016, uh, but that's all they have so far. But uh, I've been seeing a lot about them. So, uh, yeah, I'm interested to hear this full debut whenever it comes out. They've released, I think, two songs off of it so far. So uh, the album's called Orsak, and that's O-R-S-O-K, and that's coming out on Dark Essence Records on April 24th. And this was the first single off of it uh, that they released. But it's, it's black metal, and it's not... Um, over-the-top aggressive it kind of has some melodic elements to it but uh, it's just it's what you would expect to be coming out of a place like Iceland (laughs) it's kind of harsh and and bleak but it still has some elements of just beauty to it so uh, so yeah be sure to check out this debut when it comes out here in uh, god what is that a week less than a week so yeah off of the album Orsak this is Nirst with Nastirni pardon my poor pronunciation of Icelandic words and stuff.
Bazarank. That was Nirscht from Iceland with Nashtirni. Um, really good stuff. I'm really looking forward to that um, that full length. Um, okay, I have reached the point where I have to announce the final song of the episode. So I want to, of course, say thank you to everybody for listening and thank you for telling others about the podcast. Uh, if you want to tell somebody where they can listen, they can listen online at bloodandfireradio.podbean.com or on the free Podbean app, which I recommend highly, uh, or also on Spotify. The entire catalog of old episodes, old and new episodes, is all on Spotify, so you can find it there and follow it. Uh, for any sort of feedback or requests or anything like that, you can email me at bloodandfireradio at gmail.com. And, of course, please find and like the Facebook page because any updates regarding uh, new episodes or any sort of questions for the fans and things like that is, uh, is always going to be uh, posted there. So, All right, we're going to go to Poland here for this final song. This is a band that has been uh, gaining popularity steadily for the last few years. Uh, I first heard of them maybe five years ago, I want to say. Uh, let's see, when when was their last album? 2015 was their last album. So yeah, that's when I uh, first heard of them. The band is, and this is a subject of some debate because it's a word that is spelled M-G-L-A and there's, you know, a crazy little accent over it and stuff and nobody's really sure how the hell to pronounce that. But uh, whenever you go to Google Translate and you punch in those letters for Polish to English, it uh, it gives you this this pronunciation. You can click the little speaker, and it'll you know somebody from Poland will say the word to you, and they pronounce it mgwa. So it's like an M sound, and then a G W A H sound gwa, mgwa. So that's what I'm going with. It feels goofy to say, and I feel like it probably sounds goofy as well. But uh, that's what the computer box told me. So. Um, but yeah, they released their newest album called Age of Excuse on September... Oh, I forgot the day, but it's September of last year. It's their fourth album overall. It came out on Northern Heritage Records. But yeah, their last one prior to this was uh, in 2015, and that was when I first... I think it was called uh, Exercises in Futility. Um, and that was a really good record. And um, their thing is that they with their albums they don't really have like individual song names it's just uh, they have the album name and then it's part one part two part three so this one follows suit but yeah they've they've done a lot of touring and uh, they've gotten a lot more exposure and a lot of good press from that last album because it was a really really solid record and uh, this new one is uh, is a really solid record as well so I think it's just gonna continue to kinda catapult them to the forefront when it comes to their popularity and getting them on some good festivals and tours and things and, um, yeah, they do the thing where they wear hoods on stage and you can't really see their faces and nobody really knows who the hell is in this band, but kind of a cool shtick, but there's a lot of people doing the same thing <laughs> these days. But yeah, this, uh, this band backs it up with, uh, with the quality of their material, which I think is the whole point of that anonymity on stage is to just let people focus solely on the music and not so much on the aesthetic, but, um. But yeah, they're a damn fine band, and they keep improving, and um, yeah, any good press they get is well-deserved, because this new album is, is very good. So, next uh, episode is going to be a themed episode. I do have the theme in mind, and it is a tricky one, so I'm going to do my very best 
I might need some assistance for this one so if I do I'll post something on the Facebook page but uh, yeah so be ready it's going to be a themed one next time uh, in, in another week or two so thanks again for listening everybody and I will see you in two weeks off of the album Age of Excuse this is Ngwa with Age of Excuse Part 6 cheers <laughs>
Savior's get crucified! History gets locked! 